This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. So the scripture reading this morning is from Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone down below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Blessed is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Bruce. Hey, you know, I can tell it's a new year. You know why? Some of you have decided to do things differently. And one of the things you're doing differently is you're seated in different places. Now, you don't know what that does to a pastor. I know you by where you sit. And now you're messing us up. I can just, like the Haggies are here rather than here, right? The Kissies are there rather than there, okay? The Camillies are there rather than here. And that's just the center section, okay? Anyway, so you're messing me up. But don't worry, it's like the mystery box. It won't be a mystery for long where you sit. And I know there's a good explanation for it, okay? So there we go. Hey, listen, I want to state the obvious this morning as we begin our new series in Jonah. Life is mission. It's great. I'm a human billboard this morning, okay? And all morning long, you get to see that life is mission. And hopefully, by the end of our time in the book of Jonah, we'll have a greater understanding of what that means and how that applies to our lives as individual, how it applies to our lives as a community of faith here at Community Covenant Church. Now, if life is mission, then we know that we have a mission. We have a mission collectively as a congregation. We are a community. We are living life together with Christ in the center And as we live life together with Christ in the center, notice Christ becomes our focus. Christ's priorities become our priorities in life. And just as the Son was sent by the Father, so the Son sends us into the world to be His representatives, to be His ambassadors, to be His ministers of reconciliation. And at Community Covenant Church, uh, we have prayerfully 
uh, sought the Lord's direction for us and what our mission is together. And so I want to begin this series in Jonah by reminding us of what our mission is here at Community Covenant Church. Look in the front of your worship guide. It's here for you every single week so that you'll read it, and eventually you won't have to read it. You'll know it. But more importantly than knowing it, you're going to live it. You're going to be a part of all that God is doing in and through the life of this church. So, here it is. Can we say it together? Our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. What's our mission? Let's say it again. To bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Now, as we prayerfully discern that, uh, we've met together and we've also prayed, Lord, where do you want us to begin? How do you want us to start? And our church began in September uh, mission initiatives that reflect three priorities. Now, these are going to change. Uh, as we accomplish these, we're going to grow into some others. But, but these are the foundation upon which we are going to launch our mission of bringing Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. The first thing is a mission priority of community. Whatever we do, we do together. We are sharing life together with Christ in the center. The Christian life is a life in which you and I are called into the body of Christ to share in Christ's mission to the world. In fact, the church is God's hope for the world. Do you know that? Okay? He is sending us into the world. And He's sending us together. So community is important. And so as a mission priority, we're doing things here at church that really help foster community, relationship, opportunities for us to grow together, to encourage one another, and to go together out into the world as we serve the Lord and we become a part of His mission for us. The second thing is prayer. A mission priority of prayer. Whatever we do in this church, wherever we go, whatever we hope to accomplish in Jesus' name, it has to be through pervasive prayer. And you know that we have placed a priority of that. We have our, our prayer corner. And all during the services, throughout uh, any service, you are welcome to get up and go back to the prayer corner. Perhaps there's something that you need prayer for. Perhaps you know someone that needs prayer and you want someone to intercede with you. That's the prayer corner. Perhaps you just want to give praise and thanks to God for something He's doing in your life. There's a place to do it. And we have people who are there to pray with you anytime during the service. Just get up and go. Why? Because prayer is a mission priority. We believe in pervasive prayer out in the lobby. In fact, there's somebody there right now in front of the prayer wall. And they're writing a request and they're putting it on the wall. That wall is there for you and for me, for our congregation, not only to make a statement that when you walk into this place of worship, the first thing you see on that wall is a prayer wall because we believe in the priority of prayer and we believe in pervasive prayer because prayer changes things. Prayer is the engine, right? That moves the church. 
through which God accomplishes his plan and his will. You want to be a part of the will of God? Let me tell you something. Pray. You never have to ask, is prayer a part of the will of God? You want to be in the will of God? Pray. Prayer goes where the body cannot go. Right? God leads us to places that physically we can never go through prayer. Prayer is a mission priority. We have a prayer wall. And you can see the progress of prayers. And at the corner, at the very end, the last section of that prayer wall is answered prayer. You know what? We're really good at asking God for things, aren't we? You pretty good at that? Come on now, admit it. You good at asking God for things? I'm good at asking God for things. I'm always asking God for things. But stop for a moment and think. How often when He answers prayer do we stop and give Him thanks? How often do we focus on that He is a God that's faithful? He is a God that knows what concerns you and me. He knows the deepest desires of our hearts. As we express those to Him and as He moves in our life and the lives of others and the lives of our world and the lives of our church in prayer, and we see Him answering prayer, what do we need to do? We need to celebrate that. Right? Not only as a means of giving Him thanks and giving Him the glory, but also as a way of demonstrating to others that God is faithful. That they can trust Him. That they can go to Him. That His love is from everlasting to everlasting. And He is a God that is intimately acquainted with us and wants an intimate walk with us. And that we can come to Him as a loving Father. And He cares and He works in the areas of our life that most concern us. I know you're hearing that. But I pray in the name of Jesus and by the power of His Holy Spirit that you'll own that. Because that's the truth that sets us free. Right? Okay. Second mission priority, prayer. Third mission priority, spiritual formation, discipleship. If we're going to go out into the world and we're going to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to the world, then we need what? To be equipped to do that. That's why spiritual formation or discipleship is a mission priority here at Community Covenant Church. In your bulletin today, Pastor Tyler is going to talk about this later in the service, but you'll see this insert regarding Super Wednesdays. Super Wednesdays is designed to equip you in mission priorities of community, of prayer, of spiritual formation, so that you and I and we as a congregation can go out and bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. We want to equip you to do that. It's one thing to say, I believe that's what we should be doing. It's another thing to say, I want to do that. And it's an entirely another thing to say to make a commitment to doing it by being equipped to do it. But we want to equip you to do that. So those are the three mission priorities. Community. By the way, community is not only internal, what happens inside these walls, but as we share community together, as we build one another up, as the Lord edifies us through one another, then He sends us outside of the wall to build community with the community at large. And as we minister, it isn't something we do to them. It's something we do with them. We share life with them as well. Do you see that? And it's in the context of that that we have a powerful witness and opportunity to share about Jesus. So, 
Life is mission. Can we say that together? Life is mission. What is our mission? To bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. And, and how are we beginning this mission initiative? We're beginning it three ways. Number one, through community. Community is a mission priority. Number two is what? Prayer. Prayer. Oh, that's good. That's good. By the way, just an aside, do you know that prayer is one of the most talked about but least practiced things in the church? Do you know that? But we're going to change that, aren't we? All right, because God wants us to. And the third mission priority is discipleship or in the day, the modern parlance is spiritual formation. Okay? So all that leads us to the beginning of our book of Jonah. Because Jonah is about a man, he's a prophet, we're going to learn about him, who has a call on his life. And although he's a prophet and he has a very specific call in his life, what we're going to find is that his call is very similar to the call that each and every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ have on our lives together. Do you know that? This book, it's an ancient book. It's an ancient writing. But I'm telling you, it is relevant for today. And the themes and the things we're going to learn, you and I can apply right now. Now, as we begin our study... There's a couple things I want to say. Number one, if you have a Bible, I would recommend you bring it to church. Now, I know that's old-fashioned, but I'm pleased to say that I grew up in an era, and the very first church that my wife, Lori, and I, sitting in the front row, raise your hand, Lori, ever attended was a church not unlike Community Covenant Church. Now, we have mission priorities, but we also have values. We have values here uh, that we believe in at Community Covenant Church. And, and you know one of the values is? It's the centrality of the Word of God. We believe that God speaks through His Word. That this is His Word for you and for me. And in this book we call the Bible is truth. And that truth leads us to life. There's life to be found here. There's hope to be found here. God speaks and reveals Himself to us here. And so if we are going to believe in the centrality of the Word of God, we need to be people of the book. Now some of you say, I don't have books anymore. I use an electronic device. I want to encourage you to bring your electronic device. Bring your iPad. Bring your Android pad, right? Whatever pad you have, bring it. Why? Because we want to study along and we want to pray that God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, because all things of the Word of God are spiritually discerned, that God will speak to us and open what? Our minds to receive, our eyes to to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to own and to live out what He has for us in His Word, okay? Now, I'm going to show you something 
the generation before me would have maybe considered this sacrilegious. All right? For those of us that aren't familiar with that term, that's just a big term that means offensive to God. All right? Are you ready? Some of you old-timers, I need grace. Pastor Todd standing in the umbrella of grace. Here we go. Look what's in my Bible. Oh my goodness. Everywhere you look, there's writing. Yes, I've written on the pages of my Bible. That's why it's important that you bring your Bible. That's why it's important that you bring your electronic device. That you can write down the things that you learn. The things that God reveals. Lori at home has her very first Bible. And that very first Bible is filled with message notes from the very first church she ever attended where she got saved from the pastor who was an excellent Bible teacher, a Dallas seminary, uh, uh, Dallas seminary. He was a wonderful Bible teacher. She wrote down all the things that she learned in her Bible. And you know what? It's still there in her Bible. And she refers to it over and over and over again. Some of you say, Pastor Todd, you get up and you give a message and you hardly ever look at notes. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know why I don't? Because the passages I preach on often, I've read over and over and over again, and I'm constantly referring to the notes, and the notes get down into my heart, into my mind, and I know what they say. And you can do the same thing. Okay? This is kind of just the prelude to Jonah. Are you having fun yet? Okay? But we, in the Covenant Church, are people of the book. One of the early theologians in the Covenant Church, he's known to have said, where is it written? And I'm telling you something, we as a church and we as a culture and a society would be in a lot better shape if we just asked ourselves a question when there are issues of controversy that swirl around us, hey, where is it written? And if we went to the Word of God and looked here for guidance, because the guidance is to be found here. Now, I know you know this, but what I'm challenging you to do is to live like you know it. Ooh, I'm sorry. Was that harsh? Preach it. Thank you. All right. So, are you ready to start with Jonah? Here we go. Uh, I want to make a point this morning as we begin. And this is really important because if you don't understand this, you're never going to get what the book of Jonah is about. Alright? So if you leave here with one thing, you know the good thing about doing a, a five or six week series? I can spend all the time I want. And I can go on rabbit trails. i got plenty of time to get back to the other points I want to make. Isn't that great? Okay. So don't worry. We're going to get there. But here's the point I want to make. Write it down. Remember this. You've heard it before, but you're going to see this in this book, and it's going to have great application to where we're going to go in Jonah, and ultimately where God wants to lead you and I in our lives together. Are you ready? Here we go. God blesses us to bless others. Do you know that? Oh, can I say that again? I'm going to get in trouble this morning. I already am in trouble this morning. Okay? God blesses you and me so we can hoard the blessings so we can say, oh God, you're a great, great God. You shower my life with blessings. Aren't you wonderful? Man, you are faithful. God, you, you're better than FedEx. You deliver. Okay. Wrong. 
God blesses us so that we can bless others. Now, there's a theme here in the book of Jonah, and we find it in the very beginning of the Bible, back in the book of Genesis, with Abraham. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 12, when God calls Abraham, He's calling Abraham out, and God promises When you obey and you come out and you go where I'm sending you to a place you don't even know where you're going, but I'm sending you, you need to go. Right? It's really a call to obedience of trusting God. Can you relate to that? You ever feel like you don't know where you're going, but God's calling you to go there? And the only way you're going to get there is if you trust Him. And so here it is. Abraham's called out by God, and God says, not only in Genesis chapter 12, but, but later on, after he takes Isaac to the mountain, ostensibly to sacrifice him, but he doesn't have to, because God, what? God desires obedience more than sacrifice. We read that in Samuel. We read that in Micah. That's a theme throughout the Scripture. God requires or desires obedience more than sacrifice. But Abram went. He and Sarah, they go. And he continues a life of learning obedience to God. And as he is obedient to God, God is blessing. God is blessing. God is blessing. But why does God bless Abraham? Why does God call Abraham out? Why does he say go? Because like Abraham, like Jonah, you and I are sent ones. Why does he do that? Here you go. He blesses us to bless others. Look at here. Genesis 22, 17-18. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offsprings. Are you ready? Here it is. Through you. Through your offspring. Because you've been obedient. Because you've gone. Because you have said, I want to be a part of your plan, Lord. All the nations on earth will be blessed. Do you see that? God blesses so that others might be blessed. Now with the theme of life is mission, understand this. God blesses you and I as followers of Jesus Christ. God blesses you and I as a community of faith here at Community Covenant Church so that we can bless others. In particular, we can be a blessing to the nations. So that all Nations might know that there is salvation in no other name than that of Jesus Christ. Because we know, because the Bible tells us so, that there's going to come a time when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And God has called us to go with a message. And He blesses us so that we can bless others. We can bless the nations with the truth of His Word. And we see all the way in Revelation where people from every tribe, tongue, and nation are gathered together and they're worshiping at the throne of God. Do you see that? And we know that when everyone has heard, then the Lord will come. You want to hasten the Lord's return? Bless others. 
right? You really want Him to come? Get the Word out. All right. So, there's a guy named Steve Silgren. You ever heard of him? He's a missiologist. Back in the day, like he was real popular in the 80s. He spoke at our church. And he has a concept that he teaches. It's called top-line blessing and bottom-line responsibility. So, this is what he says. He says, when God blesses us, when God blesses you, that's a top-line blessing. But he says every top-line blessing comes with a bottom-line responsibility. And what is that bottom-line responsibility? God blesses us so that we have a bottom-line responsibility. We don't hoard that blessing for ourselves. We take that blessing and we, what? Share and bless others. So whenever you look through Scripture, Abraham is a a classic example of that. Top-line blessing, I am going to make your descendants as numerous, right, as the stars in the sky and the sand on the shore. And I'll tell you what, back in those days, that's a huge blessing because people wanted to pass on their posterity. Okay? Their greatness was, was through their prodigy. Top line blessing. What's the bottom line responsibility? So that all the nations on earth will be blessed through you. Do you see that? You can read Scripture with that lens. Look at Scripture intentionally. I'll point it out as we go through the book of Jonah. Again and again and again, you're going to see top-line blessing, bottom-line responsibility. Blessing comes with responsibility before God. Do you know that? Do you know that? You learn that today. Okay, that's an important thing. Here's a question. How will you use God's blessing in your life to bless others? How are you going to do that? Don't just leave here and say, hey, that was a great sermon or that was an all right sermon or "Ah, Pastor Todd, that was really bad today. Don't leave here with an opinion of the sermon. Leave here with a question, God, what do you want me to do as a result of what I've heard? Here's the question. How will you use God's blessing in your life to bless others? You have top line blessing. What are you going to do with your bottom line responsibility? That's a huge question that really launches us into our beginning, our start of the book of Jonah. It's huge. Because Jonah is going to discover this. And he's going to have a discussion with God over this. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's important enough that God would have this book in the Bible. Do you know that of the other prophets and the books of the prophets in the Bible, the book of Jonah is the only book by a prophet or about a prophet that doesn't focus on the message. There's only really one verse that we're going to read about where he gives the, me- the message God sent him to give. But the book is about the prophet himself. It's the only book in the Bible like that. The only one. Now, why is that here? Because there must be something in this book about the prophet himself, about, about his struggle with God, about he's a real guy, just like you and me. And he's wrestling with stuff, and he's struggling with the call of God on his life. But there's something here for us. 
That's why the focus is on him more than it is his message. Okay? So as we mine the Word of God together, and we look for those gold nuggets, keep that in mind. How will God use God's blessings in your life? How will you use God's blessings in your life to bless others? All right, here we go. Two things I'm going to launch us with that are really important. Remember this. We'll pick up on it next week, but it really helps us get a a, a bigger understanding. It opens the aperture of our lens to understanding this book and really to understanding the heart of God. Because God uses the book of Jonah and his life to teach us something about himself. Because really, this book's about God. It's about God's compassion. It's about God's mercy. It's about God's grace. It's about God's desire to see people come to Him rather than experience judgment for their sin. That's what this is about. We're going to learn about the heart of God. Isn't that great? Good stuff. Verse 1, chapter 1. Ah, man, this is old school stuff. You know, kind of verse by verse. Here we go. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amnati. Or Amnati. Alright? Two words here are going to give you a clue to what's going to happen. Number one. Do you know what Jonah means in Hebrew? Dove. Thank you. Do you know in Genesis 8, when Noah was in the ark, what did he send out? A dove. The dove came back, and what did the dove have in its mouth? An olive branch, a symbol of peace. Ooh. Here's Jonah, whose name means dove. He's about to be sent out by God, okay, with a message for the sake of announcing to a people group that are separated from God, who don't know Him, that God wants to be at peace with you if you repent and come to Him. Alright? Now, His Father's name means truthful. So here is Jonah, the dove being sent out. Alright? by His heavenly Father who wants to convey through the prophet the truth about His heart for people and how He desires and loves and longs for people to come to Him. Isn't that good stuff? Have you learned something already? Okay? Man, that's good. Alright. So, the Word of the Lord came to Jonah. He says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. All right. It gets even better. Are you ready? You know who the founder of the city, the great city which was to become the capital of Assyria, the most powerful nation militarily in the world at this time? You know who founded that city? Nimrod. And who is Nimrod? Nimrod was a great-grandson of Noah. Okay? He was a great-grandson of Noah. And it's also through one of other of Noah's descendants named Asher that the Assyrian nation began. So, 
Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, God has compassion on those who don't believe in Him, but holds them to His moral standards. Do you know that? Look at Romans 1.18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. You know how God combats those who suppress truth? By delivering the truth. Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, according to John 14.6, is the way, the what? The truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through Him. And what you're going to see as we move on in our study, Jonah, in terms of typology, is a type of Christ. In fact, later on we're going to see how Jesus Himself refers to Jonah's experience in the belly of the big fish to His own experience, right? In the tomb, in His resurrection. So, God in His compassion and in His love and His desire to show mercy to this great city called Nineveh. We're going to learn more about that next week. He's going to send the prophet who's the dove whose father's name meant truthfulness to share the truth, his truth, God's truth, to the people of Nineveh. Good stuff? Do you like that? Are you ready for more? Have to come back next week. Ah, I know. I know. So, Jonah has a dilemma. What's he going to do with the call in his life? You and I have a dilemma. What are we going to do with the call of God on our lives? Okay? What are we going to do? Let's pray. The worship team comes forward. Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning. We thank You that we've just scratched the surface. Lord, we just have been introduced to some themes and some concepts. But as we leave here this morning, Father, and as we consider Your prophet Jonah, the one who you are sending with your truth to make peace with those who are in sin. Lord, would you challenge us to consider how we want to use the top-line blessings of our life with a bottom-line responsibility to bless others, ultimately, so that all nations might know you. Father, challenge us with this question today, tomorrow, through the week. And we look forward to coming back next week and learning more from Your Word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.